0: Welcome back to Are You For Real? Today we have my friend, Anne Oliphant, on to talk and share her story. I met Anne, how long have you been coming to the studio? A year-ish? A year-ish. And at first I would just kind of like see you every once in a while in the back row. And then the way that I get to know people is like the more you guys come, the more I'm like, oh, I know this face, I know this face. And usually the people become friends with one of the other instructors and then I have to like weasel my way in because nobody wants to be my friend first. <laughs> So as she started, like, bringing Maddie all this food and, like, oh, yeah. all this stuff. And I was like, well, I'm, like, freaking chop liver over here. <laughs> Listen, I'll bring it. But um, then I kind of started to hear your story just a little bit from other people. And then you made your that post online where I cel- celebrated you in class when you talked about being sober for seven years. And I just was like, okay, like, Anne is um, a mother of three, three beautiful girls, married. Um, and I really wanted to bring Anne on because I think her story, I don't know it fully and I'm excited to hear it, mm-hmm. but... Just knowing you, you have a great sense of humor. You are super kind and funny, and I think the story that you can tell, it it will make it just feels good for other people to hear too. I'm here for that. Yeah, yeah, love to do it. Yeah, so <laughs> very give honored. us give us a little rundown on you.
1: Okay, I am Anne. I am 40. I just turned 40. Happy birthday! Thank you. <laughs> and um, I'm so happy to be 40. And I am sober. I got sober. Um, Seven years ago in June, and I have three girls. I have a husband named Drain, and um, yeah, I used to be a nurse, and I have been. I did home, know that. Yeah, since 2012, and yeah, so right now I'm just like a mom who does the works every day, and um, yeah, just sober.
0: Okay, well, yeah. tell us about that. How did all okay. so? How, give us a little backstory okay. and just dive on in. Okay,
1: I got sober in 16. I kind of had a really well. I mean. I've heard a lot of stories, so it's not the lowest bottom, but I was like, I can tell you that it was, like, a really terrible time. Like, getting sober was <laughs> hard, you yeah. know. Um, anyway, it was a bad time in our marriage, and um, in January of 2016, like, our marriage was falling apart. Like, it was just really dark. And my drug of choice is Adderall, so it is, like, methamphetamine salt. So... Mm-hmm, um. Mm-hmm. I got addicted to that probably in college. And, like, it kind of took over then. Like, I was in nursing school. To a certain extent, I made it to nursing school, like, and did well and was able to manage. And, you know, I had a mom who was taught me to be very organized and manage my ADD. And then during nursing school, it got very hard. And so they put me on Adderall. And back then, you know... I guess, like, the highest dose I was on was, like, 33 times a day. Damn. It was, like... How did was, you not eat your arm? I, exactly. That's what it felt like, you know? Like, and, like, it was wild. And, so you were taking
0: 90 milligrams of Adderall all day? Yeah. And you were and pers- a small lady. And
1: prescribed. And, like, I went in asking for that because, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they put me on 20, and um, I would say for the two years from sophomore year to senior year in nursing school, I managed it normally. And I took Adderall probably as it was prescribed. And it just kind of like taking a little bit extra here to study for a test or, you know, and, and pretty soon it was just really like, I was very addicted and I was taking not only 90 milligrams a day, I was taking like much more than that. Like it's really, it's, God's grace that like I did not have a heart attack yeah. with the amount that I was taking. Yeah. Um, and so how did you
0: did you feel like amped up? Oh all my time? gosh, you
1: feel at, like how for did a you person? sleep? No, I didn't. That's the thing. Is like baseline and is very anxious and like not a sleeper. Like yeah. I have like literally not been able to sleep since I was little. So I would just stay up for like three days. <gasps> I like joke that I was like seeing sound. I was just literally like <laughs> seeing sound. You know, like I was just literally <laughs> tripping, you yeah. know, off of like and like the thing about Adderall that I feel like is that it's methamphetamine salt, but they also don't tell you like, it becomes, it takes over and it becomes like, I need this to do anything. I need this to get ready. I need this to go out. Like, you know, and I never really mixed it with anything. I was never like, (laughs) like I'm very much an introvert. So like I never took Adderall to go party or like whatever me and my best friend had like my best friend lived on folly and you know, she also, um, was, ended up using Adderall the same way I did. But anyway, we, our grandmothers are best friends. Our moms are best friends. And, um, I spent every weekend out there and we would literally just like take Adderall, smoke cigarettes and like watch sex in the city. Like we didn't need to go out. Right. And like looking back on it, we're like, God, we, we wasted our college years. Like we should (laughs) have, like I went out and like, we had a good time, but I never like went out to get drunk. Like alcohol was like around and like, I definitely drank and I definitely got sick in college. Um, but like, I think you know, I was raised by a mom who never drank. So she was very big on, do not let your slip show in public. You need to, um, you know, God gave you one name and once you ruin it, it's done. And so drinking for her, like was, which is funny because my dad was an alcoholic and, you know, and she, she loved a bunch of alcoholics, but um, anyway. And so I, uh, I just like, we just, that's what we did. And then I got through that and I went, I lived in Rock Hill for two years because during my husband, um, was did he in, know about the Adderall? No, he did not. And like, literally like not until the last day when I like looked at uh, him. I was and like I, chills. Yeah. I mean, because like he was in dental school and I was in Rock Hill. My mom knew. My mom went to my doctor and was like, She is on too much. Like, yeah. you know, I got engaged and you know, it was just that was very, very hard. Like, like having a rock kill wedding means you're inviting every Tom, Dick and Harry, you know, yep. and I just like, it was all I could do to get down the aisle. And like, you know, and I was, I weighed 118. I was not healthy. I like smoked cigs and drank Coke all day. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then, so we got married and I was like, told my mom, I'm like, I'm fine. I'm like going to move to Kentucky and I'm going to get off of this and it's going to be fine. So we moved to Kentucky and, um, I did. I got off of it. But, um, we ended up in an, a, a tiny apartment behind a liquor barn and across from the Walmart, it was our first place. And like, it was like rented furniture. It was just like, it was just, and I was like, dep- I mean, I didn't really know this at the time, but like the withdrawal and like the oh, physical yeah. addiction part of Adderall. I mean, my sober friends are like, God, oh, you were still vibrating at like 18 months. Like you literally like, it, it really like for my baseline to be as anxious as it is, yeah. like this drug was, it was a dumpster fire, you yeah. Know? and coming off of it was also a dumpster fire. So we moved and um, I was like, oh, you know, like I'm going to drink a little bit of wine while I get dinner ready. And I was very lonely. Like my husband went to residency and oral surgery is is a six year residency. So he came out of dental school and he was thrown into the ER. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, and he was working the craziest hours. So here I am like alone. And then I, I went and got a job and that was helpful. Um, and so I drank a little bit there and then that was okay. And then I got pregnant with Annie in 12, 2012. And, um, and I was 29. And so that was fine. It was like a really great time. Like I, you know, I had gone back to work in Kentucky and decided that I was going to get back on Adderall and I definitely started abusing it then and then when we got pregnant when we decided to start trying for Annie I got off of it and um and I had Annie and it was great and you know it was like kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel we were moving and then the move ended up being Mount Pleasant and that was not the move that I was told about like the move that I was told about was like you will get to go back to Rock Hill you will get to be with your mom you know um so Mount Pleasant was hard (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. You make like, me cry. I know. I don't know like how to say it. Like, but I don't, it is hard. It's can, hard. It's a it's a tough crowd and it's like super competitive. It's right. very keeping
0: up to keep up. It's all right. about appearances. Right. There's a lot of back talk going around.
1: Yeah, and like I just like I we moved and I was pregnant and I was really really sick with Maggie and so I I ended up moving into Creekside which is like. You know, like, thank God for this neighborhood. Like, it is, like, the 80s over there. Like, you know, they, you know, they're watching my kids. And, you know, it's free-range kids over mm-hmm. there. So I love I love yeah. it. And, like, luckily, I made a friend named Roseanne. And, you know, it's, like, always been the women who've kind of, like, carried me. And she definitely did. Um, like, our husbands were friends. And we had babies the same age. And, like, she, I... Uh, I stayed off Adderall. And then um, after having Maggie, I guess, like, it was just, like, again, a, like a loneliness. Yep. Like, it was, I had Roseanne and, and her husband, Gene, and we loved them. And Drain was working really hard. I guess, like, coming out of residency, you expect to build your marriage and your family together. And Drain, that's not how his profession works. He's an oral surgeon here in town. And he, he has to go out and he has to get referrals from dentists. And, like, he he came. And it was like residency but worse Mm -hmm. so he was gone all the time and I had these two small kids and um you know I really identify as a nurse and like I I was not doing anything and as you know as a mother like when you lay down at night you're like wow I failed today Mm -hmm. like I just like felt like I was not winning at anything um it was just hard and I didn't leave the house and then I stopped breastfeeding and I went back on Adderall and like because that had always been my solution before, Mm -hmm. that, like, I I can just get control of things, and, you know, but it quickly took over. And, um, you know, I feel like people don't, like, I don't know. You don't know when when you're turning into a pickle. You can't go back to a cucumber at some point, but I don't know when it was that, like, it took over. But I do know there was a certain point where... I told myself I don't even want to be on this anymore. I can't believe I'm getting this medication filled. I'm just going to take the daily dose that I'm supposed to, and I just never was. I was never able to. Um, what does that like sound like in your brain? Like, because I mean,
0: I I mean we all have we all have our things. Like I've, yeah, yeah. I've told myself I'm going to do things, and let myself down a thousand million yeah, yeah. times, right? And it's yeah. like, what is that like pivotal moment too, where like I think about that sometimes. Like I'll like lay in bed at night or in the wee hours and I'm like, we're not gonna do that again tomorrow. Like, cause you know, I have some, I have a contentious relationship sometimes with my six children. I'm like, yeah, we're going to be patient. We're going to get on our knees. We're going to make eye contact. And then something happens and I'm like, no, we're going to fucking rage.
1: Yeah. We're going to see red and go. Yeah. We are going to see red and go. And like, I, I like, it feels like shame and guilt. And like, I had a great mom, you know, who like, was like, my dad was there. Um, you know, they, Anyway, my parents separated when I was in the first grade, and they didn't divorce until I was, like, married five years. Oh, geez. So there was a lot of back and forth. Yeah. My dad would, he would live with us for a year, six months, and then he would, he had to, uh, you know, and he, then he would go to, he wasn't with us, he would be with his girlfriend, and he, what I didn't know at the time is that he was an alcoholic, and, mm-hmm. you know, he also loved an upper, Um And uh, so, anyway, he was just a really great dad, but there was was definitely chaos, you know, like, with that. There was, like, uncertainty, and I'm an Enneagram 6, and so, like, I like to know what's going to happen. And, like, you know, there was never... And there's a certain feeling of, like... I've heard a lot of alcoholics say this as well, that, like, I knew something was wrong with me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> like, from a young age. Like, I always, like, my best friend, Laralee, like, I just was like, Laralee, what do normal people do? Because, like, I didn't know. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. like, I didn't have a rule book, and everybody else seemed to know what was happening, and I just did not. It is like, it's like a constant insecurity now. If you had met me, I, I was a mouthy broad, you know? <laughs> like, I was like... <laughs> Uh, Well, yeah, you're on 90 milligrams of Adderall. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, like, my mom says I came out with an attitude. You know, like, I, like, came out, and, like, I just, I think I, looking back on it, I came out with anxiety and ADHD, and I didn't know how to manage it. And, you know, when I found Adderall, that felt like a solution for a long time. And I do think that it got me through nursing school. Mm -hmm. But I think that, like, at some point, it took over, and I just, I wasn't able to do anything without it. And, you know, I'm lying to my husband. He had no idea. Like, he... I had no idea. And um, and then, like, I drank wine a good bit. And, like, I definitely made an idiot of myself a couple times, you know. But I don't, I mean, alcohol was in my story for sure. And mm-hmm. I call myself an alcoholic and an addict. But um, I, uh, it wasn't, I, I don't know. That one's a hard one for me because, like, I definitely drank against my will a couple times when I said I'm not going to drink and I did it. Right. Um, but, like, I always romanticize a drink still. Right. You know, the thing that I miss today is not Adderall at all. It's definitely alcohol. Yeah. Like, it's definitely being able to numb out or cook, cook, you know, with wine and, like, you know, be normal. And, like, I love to eat. And so, you know, not being able to drink with a nice meal, but you know, like removing all of that was the only way for me. Like, um, the, the bottom, the turning point ended up being, um, a divorce, uh, retainer email in my husband's email that I was hacking into in the middle of the night one night, and I saw that it was like sign this and it said who the lawyer was downtown. And I was like, I have to call my girlfriend. I said, it's time. Like, you know, and so I said, I, got it up the next morning and I looked at him and he was in the guest room because at this point truly he was on his way out yeah. and I was, I was ready for him to be gone. Like he, he'll, he will say he takes 50% of like yep. the blame for this. Not my addiction. Obviously I was born this way and right. I, I made choices that were bad, but like he, he takes his 50% for what happened in our marriage. Right. Like definitely. Um, and so, but like looking back on it, it was the biggest gift of my life. Like I, i I saw that and I, I went to him in the morning. I said, listen, I have an Adderall addiction problem. I'm going to talk to um, Louisa Storin, Like, she was our counselor at the time. And she was like, okay. Like, and I said, Louisa, I'm willing to do anything. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, like. What did he his, say when you, was he? He was like, like, you know, he it was. Did he even know work. you were taking
0: it? Yeah, he knew oh. I was on it.
1: But he had no idea. Like, because, yeah. like, the thing at that point, like, I was, like, staying up all night. I like to say cleaning baseboards with a toothbrush, folding right. everything perfect. <laughs> right. You know, making sure my kids' clothes were ironed, Just doing all this dumb things to, like make the outside look good. Yeah. And yeah. Make, totally. Make it look perfect. And like, you know, because my mom had really done that for us, you know, like she went through a lot of stuff, but she always was able to like stay on top of everything. And, you know, so I just felt like, um, it helped with that. But, um, so, and I just said, listen, I'm going to do this. And he was shocked and he was, and I was like, will you come with me? And he was like, no, I gotta go to work. And I was like, okay. So I said, I went to Louisa and I was like, listen, I'm willing to do anything. I, I, you know, I took my last Adderall that morning and I just said like, you're going to be honest. And I prayed and I said, God, I will be honest. Like from here on out, I will, I will go. And if they want me to go to treatment, I'll go to treatment. Mm -hmm. You know, like I had two small kids at the time. It was like, and Louisa was like, no, you know, go to MUSC. And luckily they were like open that morning and they were like. Taking, you go in and you tell them your story or whatever, and they recommend inpatient, outpatient, and luckily they recommended outpatient for me. So mm-hmm. I was able to get um, get into that program quickly. And found someone to keep my kids. So from four to eight for six weeks, I, like, went to MUSC and, like, really learned about alcoholism and really learned about, like, it's a three-part illness and it's, like, spiritual. And, you know, it's an allergy. Like, I have an allergy to addictive substances. Mm -hmm. And, like, it doesn't matter whether it's wet or dry. If it gets you hot, I'm going to want to do more of it. Truly, like... I'm not going to be able to put it down. At the time, he was still moving forward with the divorce. And I was like, this is fine. I wanted him to leave. I was begging him to leave. He was still in the house because his lawyer told him he couldn't leave. And I remember I graduated from um, the program at the end of March or beginning of April. And I like looked at him and I was like, okay, we're doing this. I'm, I'm going. I, my divorce lawyer was uh, Mary Louise Ramsdale. I said, I'm going to Mary Louise's office and I'm going to put down a deposit that, like, we could buy a Ford Focus with. Right. So, like, like we're doing this, and I, and he was like, I think that we have to do this. And I was like, okay. And, um, and like, thank God for her. Like, because, like, you know, I guess because of my mom and being such a strong woman that she was, like, I always look to, like, strong women. I think that's why, I, like, I love you. I love the um, works. I yeah. love, like, everything that y'all do there. Um, And she, like, looked at, like, I told her everything, and I was like, I'm sober now. I don't know what to do. Like... I I'll, I was thinking about Celebrate Recovery because, like, I, I, I have a strong relationship with God. And um, she was like, no, ma'am. No, ma'am, you're not. She said, this is a lady's name. Um, call her. You are going to, you're going to go 12-step. And so I was like, okay. And she was like, you're also going to get drug and alcohol tested every three days. You are not going to talk to your husband about any of this. You are going to run everything by me. And, like, that was exactly what I needed at that time, mm-hmm. like, to just be like, okay, like... She used to
0: come to my studio, my old studio. I mean, is she not... I <laughs> yeah. mean, she is, like, yeah. the baddest yeah. bitch. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I, like I think walk- she literally, like, put her cigarette out as she walked I in. Know, I could I be know. wrong, but she is so funny, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I lo- I mean, she just is, like... She is just, like, the smartest, like noble yep. woman that like and I, I like to this day I love her and like Drain will say like she saved our marriage mm-hmm. like because both of our divorce attorneys at the time were like y'all don't want to get divorced and I was like we do we do I promise like yeah. he needs to get out and like so we got kind of into that and then like one weekend I went to the beach with my friends and then I came back and I packed his stuff up and um I was like he he went to the boulevard got him an apartment mm-hmm. started furnishing it and um, so this went. This went far. This oh, this went far. Like, yeah, yeah. We like we were doing it, and um, so and so like I packed it. Like he never I, he stayed there, but like it ended up that like and like listen, I I was looking <laughs> forward to him taking the children for the weekend. I was like, <laughs> this is gonna be a break. This is gonna be okay. I'm yeah. gonna be able to like go to meetings and blah blah. blah. And so, anyway, he ended up taking them, like, one weekend. But what happened was is I packed all his stuff up and, like, wrote notes in there. Like, this is what the kid's like. I'm, like, terrified to give my children to him. Yeah. Because, like, at this point, I had never left them overnight before without his parents coming down. So, I'm like, they're going to die. They're going to run across Coleman and die. (laughs) You know? Like, what's he going to do? He doesn't know anything about this, you know? And um, so, and then the next week we were going um, on vacation with my family and he was not going to go or whatever. But... He was like just can't like after I packed up his stuff I guess he saw it and then like within the next day or two he was like you know I don't want to move out and I'm like, I really want you to move out <laughs> and he was like i I would like to work on this I'll go to counseling and I was like, you know okay you know because in my program they they say don't make any big life decisions so I was like, okay you know, yeah yeah and so like i I have a a person who I I guess to other she's just is my mentor yeah. in, in my program and like so i like run everything by her it's like really funny that like my mom was like, we're just going to do whatever she says. I'm like, yes, (laughs) actually. If she she tells me, like, one time she told me, like, I was, like, called her, and I was, like, complaining about Drain and being like, I hate him so much. And she was like, go to the store, get everything that you need to make uh, chocolate chip cookies, go home and make them from scratch. Don't break and bake that stuff. You go make them from scratch and leave that man alone. And I was like, (laughs) yes, ma'am. I mean, yes, ma'am. Can I tell you, though, how big of a jerk he's been today? And she's like, no, you can't. Like, you know, like, like, the part of this me getting sober was really just staying on my side of the street. Mm -hmm. And like, during that time, my mom was like, just ignore him. Like, pretend he's not there. You know what your role is and do that well. And like, it's just, he was driving me insane. Um, but anyway, she like, she helped me. Like she, she told me the way to get sober and the way to get sober for me has been to work the steps. And so I work the steps with her. And like, what's crazy, like, I always call my program the Fight Club. Like, mm-hmm. it's <laughs> like the first rule of the Fight Club is you don't talk about the Fight Club. And so, um, but there's like people fighting for their life. Yeah. You know, and like, I'm going to um, a celebration of life this weekend. Like, people are dying, yeah. you know. And it's like, it's very, very serious. And she let me know how serious it could be and that like, I have a death sentence. If I don't take care, of my alcoholism, I have a death sentence. And, and, you know, getting out, that's the only way I know to get out mm-hmm. from under the shame and the guilt and the, you know, the things that I did in addiction. And like, you just lay down at night and you think I'm failing as a mother. I'm just an addict. I just like, you know, I'm not helping anyone in this world. You know, it's just like the darkest, you know, I've ever felt really. Um, and and I considered myself before this like a really in control person like yeah. really like I was on top of things but you know it's it's just methamphetamine salts or methamphetamine salts they are very dangerous yeah you know? and um, or for a person like me they're very dangerous like I have siblings who took it their whole life and they're fine yeah they're normal yeah you know what I mean like I just happen to be the black sheep so <laughs> um, yeah and uh, so. Anyway, that it changed my life. Like literally it it changed my life and it made me strong again. Like there were women who were like, Of course you did that, girl. Of yeah. course. You're an alcoholic. Right. I did that too. And someone's saying, I did that too, and I'm an alcoholic, and yep. that's why I did that. Yeah. It's not because you're a bad person, it's because you're sick and like your brain got really sick and now we can make it better. And, yeah. like, and like women who like loved me back to life and were like you're worth it. Like, you are a good mom. Like, people telling me, like, my mom was a good cheerleader. She really was, but she was hard. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you acted like an idiot, Susan Moore was going to tell you you were being an idiot, right. you know? And so, like, it's just like they were just tender and kind and loving. And, you know, and so now I get I consider this my job. I I go to meetings. I take meetings to the jail, to the women there. I try to help the women that I'm mentoring, and, like, it's just kind of, like, doing this and talking about it and making it so that, like, people understand that, like, this is a disease that can happen to anyone. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And, like,
1: and, and, it, and you don't have to stay in it, and you can't do it by yourself. Like, you really have to, I mean, I didn't go to inpatient treatment, but you really need to treat it as if it's an illness, because, you know, um, I watched my dad die in, in sobriety, and it was, like, super hard. You know, I, I knew my dad was dying in 2018 and, and he did and he died in 2020 and it's terrible. And like, it took, like he, like Jeb Moore was the best. He was the best dad. He was like a really great provider. And you know, he like literally, like he was a roofer and he literally broke his back at the end. Like he was supposed to get surgery when my brother was born. And then he died when my brother was 30 and like they had been telling him for years to get this back surgery. And it came to a point where he couldn't get the back surgery. And so he was down and you know, that's when he started drinking and or more started drinking more. Mm -hmm. But, um, and it, it took him and it was, it was like the, what I thought one of the most painful things that I've ever been through. And like it, it was, and then, um, you know, and like, thank God, like, because I, he, he passed away and, that night i was in a meeting mm. last month there i was like yeah. you know you this is where you go yep. and i told those people and those people have been there for me like the you know the sober women in my life and the you know the women in creekside have like like truly just like held me during like the worst times like I told everybody when I was getting sober I was like I'm going to drink if Susan Moore goes I am going to drink y'all will lose me mm-hmm. and what ended up happening is like covid happened and like for a lot of us that was really yeah I mean we went to zoom meetings and Whatever, uh, it, it just was hard, and like I've never been so close in my recovery to a drink as I was staying at home with yeah. my children and like trying to do school. And totally, stuff. like I was like, "Drain, I am trapped. I am trapped." What does here. he say, What does he say? Like, I'm here for you. Or... Oh yeah. He, I mean, clearly you like, guys got back on track. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. We went to counseling, and like that's like kind of like just like the gift of sobriety is like the marriage that I have today with him is like the. Like, the greatest gift. Like, we would have never, like, we would have never gotten the marriage that we have today had we both not hit the bottom that we hit. Mm-hmm. And, like, and my mom said that. She said, "And the people that I know that hit their bottoms in their 30s and built their marriage back up and started from scratch are the strongest marriages today. Just keep at it. You know, both yeah. my parent, my dad would, would say, you know, not being with y'all was one of the, my biggest regrets and yep. the failure of our marriage and all that. So I think that like, in a way my parents did not have a marriage that I looked at, but my parents always told me this is not normal, but this is what a good marriage looks like. And you communicate and you, and and so when I got honest, I was able to communicate. And like when he got honest about what all, you know, took him to his bottom, he, yep. we were able to communicate. And totally. Like, and it's been like amazing. And like, I looked at him like when, when uh, Susie told me that you had asked if I would do this, I was like, babe, you want the whole town to know you're married to an addict? <laughs> and like, you know, like, and he was like, and this is like what my mom always said. My mom always said, he loves you for you, for mm-hmm. sure. And, you know, he was like, babe, I love you. I'm proud of you. Go tell him, it's you so know. It's so sweet. I mean, it is so sweet. I, and then he texted me today and he was like, go get him, babe. And like, he's very, very supportive. And like, I've been with him since I'm 17. So, yeah. like, He's seen every version of me and like he, there has not been a time, even in my craziest Adderall days where he didn't look at me and say, just do you, be you, yeah. you're, you're good, like I'm like, you know, he's always been proud of me. When my own family is like, please, Ann, shut up. (laughs) You know, like I asked my family last week and I like didn't say anything to them. And they all came to town last week. And I'm like, guys, I'm thinking about doing this podcast. You know, they're like, there's going to be a microphone. And like, (laughs) I think the internets might hear it. And uh, they were like, you know, go do it, Ann. But like, you know, my family is the first to like be like, get your, you need to calm down. Yeah. Because like, I'm definitely the black sheep in my family. Like, you know, somebody told me in high school, they were like, um. What they say? They said, "Look around. If you can't find the black sheep, you're it." And um, and like so, from high school on, I knew I was it. You but know? like, you don't seem very black sheepy to me. Oh, I am. I am. There's only one on my dad's side named Keith, and he and I share the <laughs> black sheep role. Got it. You know, he and I um, are both the most outrageous. Like, yeah. Like I come from like like a southern there are southern ladies. You like all my aunts. I, they probably wouldn't leave the house without lipstick. Yeah. You know, so I'm like. Yeah not like that, you know, which is fine. They, they're all, they love me. And so they know I'm outrageous. That's all that matters. Yeah.
0: So if for anyone that's listening, if they were, you know, in your shoes, maybe with a different addiction or a different situation, what, without, you don't have to like name groups or anything like that, but like, what do you think, what's the first thing? I mean, you said get honest. Yes. The
1: first thing is definitely to get honest and willing. I think I was willing to do whatever. Like, I like left Louisa's office and I said, God, I will be rigorously honest from here on out. I I, you know, one thing my mom always said was, You go to hell for lying, Anne. And like, you better pick your lie. You better pick your lie, you know, like to the point where like I would say to my little my little girls and was like, stop doing that. We we don't even talk about hell right now. <laughs> you know. But like truthfully, like I've always been I've prided myself on trying to be an honest person. And 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 that was my first like breath of air is like, I'm just going to be honest. And so what, you know, I did go to treatment hoping that it was bipolar schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. I hoped it was a mental illness that we could take a pill for, but it's not. And, and this is, this is my thing. And I, and I understand that. And I, I was
0: just, that reminds me of, and I think I said it maybe in a class you were in, I can't remember, but that part in the carry on warrior book. Yeah. Where she talks about like how her dad was like, don't you want to take some things to the grave? And she was like, absolutely not. Absolutely not. She's like, there's so much less to keep track of.
1: It's truly so much less (laughs) to keep track of. Like that you just tell what it is, you know? And a lot of, a lot of my friends do not, they, they don't, you know? And I think that like, luckily for me, I am not working right now. I don't have a professional reputation. So it kind of feels like my responsibility. And like the week before, uh, we talked about doing this, like our pastor was like, you know, God doesn't use fixed people. He really uses the broken. Mm -hmm. And like, if you look at it, like who did Jesus hang out with? I think if Jesus was here today, he would be hanging out with me in the attic. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) I truly think that he uses broken people um, for his glory. And I, I just, it feels wrong to not, you know, to not share it. And like, if I can help one woman to even think about like, there is life after Adderall, there Mm -hmm. is life after alcohol. And like, you can be the person that that you were created to be and you don't have to live like that. And there's no substance on this earth that is better than the peace that you get with not needing a substance to live life, Right? you know? Like, just like, this is the first time my mom died um, in 2022 of May. And so I started coming to the works in July. And so like the last year has really just been about like emotional sobriety and like losing, her, you lost your mom mm-hmm. too. So, you know, it's like yeah, it traumatizing. Yeah. It's like- who do you go to? Like, I turned 40 and I'm like, oh God, like, I don't know how to do anything without her. Mm-hmm. Truly, like, I called her for everything. Like, she knows everything about me. And that's like the piece that I have yeah. today It's like there were no secrets yeah, between yeah. me and her. Right. She walked me through everything. And there's not a situation that can come up in my life that I don't, you know, hear Susan. Yeah. And like, know that that she's still with me and, you know, like, i like not afraid to die anymore. I'm right. going to go be with Susan, yeah. you know? Yeah. And she felt the same way. She lost her mom at 24, and and she was like, I'm going to go be with Dot. Yeah. And, like, I'm excited. And she also told us, she was like, listen, I'm not going to make it to your kid's uh, middle school years. I don't want to be here for that, and, like, I, God's going to take me before then. And I think she probably <laughs> prayed it. I really think she prayed it into existence. Um. And so with her death, it was traumatizing, but I had been sober long enough. To where I had, I knew what to do. Yeah, I knew there were steps to take, and there were women in my life who carried me through. And then, you know, that summer, like that summer, Susie was like, "You gotta go to the works, Ann," and I'm like. Okay, but yoga—it's terrible. <laughs> I was like the Kundalini squat. Like I don't want to—I don't want to sit in that and feel my feelings. <laughs> and like it, so, it was like. But it was God knew exactly that that was the time that I was going to need emotional sobriety. I was going to need to know, go be on a mat that was just my mat and not worry about anybody else. Mm-hmm. And like you know, I, at the beginning. I was just like, okay, like I hated like looking at myself in the mirror. I was so broken, some bad, like, you know, like some hard stuff in my marriage came up that summer that was also hard. And like we, I needed to go somewhere with Mm y'all that was safe. And that like, I just, I, I call the works my war room. And like, I did a Bible study about the war room and like, shut up prayer room in her house. And, like, that's how I feel when I get on the mat. Like, I, like, look through the pe- the women that I'm praying. Some men. I pray for men, too. But, um, <laughs> like, I look through my list, and I, like, like I pray for those women. Like, and I, it's just, it's the most peaceful I've ever felt. And, yeah. like, that, I think, I prayed for patience in 2020. And my girlfriend, Roseanne, was like, don't pray for patience because Jesus yeah. is going to test you. Yeah. And, like, I had never been told that. I'm like, Rose, we're fine. I need patience right now. And, like, then I lost both my parents. And, like, as you know, you have to be, like, you have to learn to be patient with yourself. Yep. I didn't know that. I've kind of been a bulldozer, like, and just run through life and, like, get through it and da-da-da, but, like, with grief, you, you have to sit in it. Yeah. And, and, like, I sat in it on the mat, and, and like, also, like, the, the encouraging words, I think, that y'all speak over us in class, just, like, it was, like, pick up the weight if you want to, but leave it if you don't, if your body's not there today, and, like, I've never listened to my body. Yeah, I, all, I've done hard. Is, all I've done is be bad to her. You I know, know what I, mean? I know. And like abused her and like, and then, you know, Jen Hatmaker says, if you start calling her, her, like, cause I wouldn't, you know, I started calling, cause like looking in that mirror in a sports bra, mm-hmm. I was not ready. Um,
0: I, I get it. This yeah, is my yeah, life. I, yeah, yeah,
1: And doing it like yeah. on
0: a bad day or a good day. Growing, or, growing old gracefully in front oh, of a yeah. mirror with a bunch of 20 year olds. Yeah, yeah. That's oh, my man. life in spandex. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And the summer they come hard. <sighs> the, the young girls come hard. Oh, yeah. And so everyone back to school now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank God. The real women are back at the works. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but that's what I love too. There's like everybody at the works, you know? And and y'all have taught me to like love my body and like be where it is. And on my big girl days, I would look at my ankles and be like, thick neck, thin ankles. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then like by like, like when my kids went back to school last year, I went five days a week, mm-hmm. you know? And and like then I was like, oh, I think I I see a muscle. And like, you know, yeah. like I I see the lines in my stomach and then, um, I I don't know, like, I just, I started, like, loving myself and I started, like, going to the works because I love her and I want to take care of her Mm -hmm. and, like, and it's the strongest I've ever been. Like, good. Yeah, good. I love that. It is. Y'all have like I say that my program takes care of my my not drinking and drugging today, but my emotional sobriety I really, really find oh.
0: with y'all. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. it's it's you know, and we mean this too. Like we wouldn't be anywhere without you guys. Oh yeah. And it's true. Like you guys inspire everything we speak about, everything we do. Um, it's the and it's really cool to watch like where the studio has gone from like the beginning yeah. to like now just had t- for teaching so long in this town and like yeah. the relationships that I have with so many different people and people telling their stories. I mean, when Baker came and shared his story off the mat, um, just about his sobriety as well. And it's like, you know, I, I just like, I feel like we give each other courage as well yes. to be like, okay, so this is where we are. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I shared this in a class recently, but a woman wrote me a letter and <clears throat> was talking about how I didn't know her. She was, but she, I knew who she was, but just how she had been doing IVF for so long. And like, this was her last embryo. And um, she's pregnant.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like the miracles that yeah. you see. Yeah. And I'm like,
0: she's like, and I always felt I didn't, I'm like, I wanted to whisper it. And you said in class once, like, why are we whispering?
1: No. Why are we whispering? Let's don't whisper about anything. Yeah, like I've
0: been in a room, I've got pregnant with five people in a room. Yeah. You know? So I remember listening to a podcast with Macklemore once, and he mm-hmm. was talking about, it was actually, I don't know, did you listen to the one he did with Dax Shepard?
1: Ooh, yes, yes, it yeah. was so good. It was yeah. so good. And yeah. he was
0: talking about relapsing, because he's relapsed yeah. several times, yeah. and just like the shame around that. And I guess, what do you have any advice for anyone listening to this who's like, and so strong, but I couldn't, like I've tried, I can't do it.
1: No, just keep doing it. Like truly, the only thing that you need to know, and like Dak Shepard, I love that podcast. I I I listen all the time. You know, he had a book where he wrote down all of his sobriety dates, and like every and and to us in your brain, it feels like that's every failure. But you know, I picked up multiple white chips. Like I I failed. I relapsed multiple times um, to get to get that. You know, it took me a couple months to figure out. You know, all those dates are dates that you had the courage to, to put it down and try again. And that is truly all you have to do. You just have to put the drug or the drink down for today and and go find, you know, your people. And, you know, anybody... You can put my phone number in this podcast. And anybody, like, I don't have an Instagram because I was hacked. But, um, you <laughs> I, know, I messaged Ann. I was like, well, you, you were the first one you, think you're you. really
0: into Bitcoin these days. Oh my God. It's
1: been a <laughs> nightmare. Oh my gosh. It's been a nightmare. That's that. that I, I mean, I'm on uh, facebook still but anyway you can put my number why don't and, and we do
0: this why don't we put your email okay and then if someone wants to reach out to you so yeah. share us
1: your email i'm ann.oliphant at gmail spell your
0: last name because nobody's gonna know how to spell uh, nope, it
1: nope it's o-l-i-p-h-a-n-t at gmail.com and i i love to talk about this i consider this my full-time job right now like, awesome it's like talking to people about recovery it's my favorite
0: And you're really easy to talk to and you are, you really are. You're a lovely person. So thank you you. so much for coming. Mm -hmm. You guys, this is an important one. Please share this. Um, you know, we never know what people are going through mental health. We talk about it a lot. It's so, so like imperative to have community and to just be able to reach out to someone. So like Ann said, you can reach out to her. You guys always know where to find me and share this one, rate us, review us and we'll see you next week.